0: And on the Sunday before Easter, uh, as we gather here at Spring Valley Baptist to worship, we do focus our hearts and our thoughts, all of our attention upon the cross of Jesus Christ. And then we'll be reminded of that as we celebrate in Lord's Supper today. It's not surprising that during this time, Christian institutions would uh, would advertise and promote themselves in this cultural environment in which we live, and not surprising that there would be some rejection to that. I read this week an article about a Franciscan university in Ohio that recently posted a series of ads on Facebook to promote some of its online theology programs, but Facebook rejected one of them because it included a representation of the crucifixion. I think we should have a picture of the cross that they had displayed there, there. And the monitors at Facebook said the reason for their rejection was that they found the depiction of the cross shocking, sensational, and exceedingly violent. Well, the Franciscan University of Stubbornville responded with a blog post that no doubt surprised Facebook. They agreed with Facebook's assessment, and this is what they posted. Indeed, the crucifixion of Christ." was all of those things. It was the most sensational action in history. Man executed his God. It was shocking, yes, for God to take on flesh and be obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And it was certainly excessively violent. A man scourged to within an inch of his life, nailed naked to a cross and left to die. All the hate of all the sin in the world poured out its wrath upon his humility. That in essence is the story of the cross. And here in our time of worship together and in your life groups, we'll focus on the crucifixion scene that John gives to us in his narrative in John 19 verses 16 through 30. And then we're going to also add Isaiah 53 as we prepare our hearts for celebrating the Lord's Supper and being reminded of the cross And the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So if you have your Bible app or your Bibles or whatever you're going to do, follow along with the scripture on the screen. Uh, Let's look at John's Gospel chapter 19 beginning in verse 16. And even in these words, we cannot really get a grasp of all the horror and the pain and the sacrifice that was involved in Jesus' crucifixion and the death that he suffered on that cross. So John writes and says, finally... Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, "'Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews.'" Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priest of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, They divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Even in these words, as we read, as simple as they are, we cannot grasp the full significance and the impact of the crucifixion and what a horrible death it really was. All the wrath of all the sin of man was poured out upon Jesus as he died upon that cross nailed there before all humanity to see that day. And you see, first century uh, executions were not like what we try to do today, to give some sense of decency or preservation of any measure of dignity to the criminal. But on the contrary, the Roman government wanted these criminals to serve an example to everybody else who might think about committing a crime. Especially trying to rival the Roman government. And they wanted them to suffer and agonize all the torture that could completely be humiliated into the criminal. And so that's what we see today in John 19. We see the passion of Christ. His suffering on the cross. And he bore the full suffering, the consequences of being nailed to that cross. As we come today to this Palm Sunday, but the Sunday before Easter in which we will remember the cross and and the death of Christ, I think it's interesting that when we use the term the crucifixion, those two words, the crucifixion, that even in the secular uh, post-Christian kingdom in which we live today, most everybody knows what we're talking about. And we're talking about the death of Jesus Christ, his crucifixion on that Roman cross. You see, no other death in human history can have that same heritage. It's the cross of Jesus that stands alone. There were thousands upon thousands of, of people who were crucified on crosses by the Roman government, but only one has any significance to that at all, and that's the death of Jesus Christ, his crucifixion on that Roman cross. It was world-transforming, and why? It was world-transforming because that was the preplanned intentional will and act of God to deal with the seriousness of our sin. And so then we ask, why the cross? And how do we measure the seriousness of sin? See, how do we measure the seriousness of sin and the incomparable vastness of God's love for us? When we look at the magnitude of what God has done for us in Jesus, the Son of God became like a common criminal for our sake in our place. And the promise of this display of God's love is woven all throughout the Bible. We're going to look at Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. And this is one of the prophecies hundreds of years before the actual death of Jesus that describes it absolutely perfectly as the, our Lord Jesus Christ came as the suffering servant and experienced For the prophet Isaiah says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, so many years before Jesus absolutely came and went to the cross, The prophet Isaiah had this vision of Jesus as the suffering servant and everything that he would endure and that he would endure it for us. The clear teaching of that prophecy by Isaiah is that the deliverance for all people who will believe and accept in the crucifixion and the passion of Jesus Christ can be saved from their sins and live in a right relationship with God. That is full of meaning and power for one's life. A relationship that's real and meaningful. And it's all because Jesus in his passion suffers in our place. He suffers for us. And he does so so that we can be restored in a relationship with God. And it's possible only through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. So, after hundreds of years before the crucifixion on Calvary, and Isaiah tells us how Jesus would suffer as a substitute for us, let's look at three. Three absolutely fundamental truths from the crucifixion of Christ. Number one is Jesus bore our burdens on the cross. See, Jesus was burdened by grief and sorrows and infirmities, but they were not his, they were ours. Jesus, God's Son, died to pay the penalty. For our sins and the burdens of our sins. Jesus was the was the innocent substitution for us, and he bore the burdens of all humanity. That means he bore your burden, he bore mine on the cross. And the Messiah Jesus is the one who has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. And when we receive Jesus Christ as the Savior from our sin, we also come to know him as the one who can lift all the burdens of life, whether it's sadness or grief or loneliness or despair. And he brings that healing into our life because he is the suffering servant and he went to the cross and through his passion he became our Savior. In Matthew 11, 28, Jesus gives us that all-encompassing invitation when he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, Jesus bore our burdens on the cross so that now he can give us rest. And the second thing that Isaiah affirms is this, that Jesus received our punishment on the cross. In verse 5, Isaiah says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, that's the the striking picture of both the physical and spiritual anguish that Jesus suffered. He was pierced by the nails, by the crown of thorns, and by the spear, all because of our sins. He was crushed under the weight of our sin. He was punished for our sin. You see, Jesus was delivered up for our sins so that we could be delivered from our sins. Now here's a good question for us to ponder. Why did God have to send Jesus to the cross to forgive us of our sins? Why couldn't God, just forgive us. Well, the simple answer is because God's righteous nature had to be satisfied because of the depth and depravity that sin had taken his creation's humanity. And always, in a time of forgiveness, somebody has to pay a price. Somebody harms you and you choose to forgive them. Somebody has to eat that, that hurt. So you choose to forgive and that's great. But there is something that still lingers, and you have to deal with that. And you have to decide what you're going to do with that. Take another example of that. And you know, Some of us waited around for the next round, the last round of, of the stimulus checks, the third ones that have come from our government. And the government is not gracious in giving you these stimulus checks because the government doesn't have any money. The government is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. And the government cannot give you anything until they take it from somebody else. And so that stimulus check you received was literally taken from other taxpayers. Some of it might have been your money. And I think somebody has calculated the fact that every person now has a debt of about, what, sixty-three dollars to $67,000 if we're going to ever pay off this debt. I saw a picture on Twitter this week of somebody celebrating, a family celebrating the birth of a child. You see this innocent child. That's there in that picture. And, and the caption underneath it was, she already has a $67,000 debt. You see, somebody always has to pay the price for sin. Somebody always has to cover the cost. And God had to cover the cost of our unrighteousness and the righteous death of Jesus his son. So what is the meaning of this sacrificial system? It means that Jesus came as John says, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Knowing that a lamb cannot die in the place of a human being for our sins to be forgiven, even though we read all the way through the Old Testament about all of these sacrifices of all of these animals, they were all pointing to the culmination of the ultimate sacrifice found in the New Testament in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who was the sacrificial lamb, perfect in every way, who died in your place and mine, so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be made right with God. You see, God's anger and his righteous nature was justified and satisfied in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And then affirmed in the resurrection that we celebrate next week when God brought his son back from the dead. And then the third thing that Isaiah reminds us of is that Jesus was crushed by our iniquity on the cross. Get this picture in your mind. Isaiah 53 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Get a picture in your mind of a precious little sheep, little lamb. You know, they're fluffy, they're cute. But but they are they are, are to be pitied because they're dumb. They get lost. They get sidetracked. A lamb, a sheep can put its head down to the ground and eat grass all day long and be miles and miles away from home and have no earthly idea where it is or how it's going to get back. That's why God always refers to us as his sheep. It's not a flattering statement. That's why the sheep need shepherds to watch over them and to protect them and to guide them. And then notice this other thing, as that all these sacrifices were made. That God made the ultimate sacrifice, though, and the ultimate sacrificial lamb in Jesus. And Isaiah says, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All your sins, all my sins, all the sins of all humanity on the cross were laid on Jesus. In his passion. That verse makes it clear. That we've all sinned. fallen short of the glory of God. We've gone our own way. We've sinned our own way. But in the same way. We have all sinned equally. No wonder on the cross. When all of our sin was laid on Jesus. That Jesus cried out. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? It's because it was in that moment. When Jesus was substituted for our sin. That he was crushed. By the painful separation from God the Father. He received the punishment for sin as He became sin on our behalf. And so today, on the Sunday before Easter, when we celebrate the glorious resurrection and the affirmation of God's forgiveness through the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, we focus on the significance of the passion of Christ, the payment for our sins by Jesus on the cross. I'm told about one of Rembrandt's paintings entitled The Three Crosses. And the story says that if you look at this painting, your attention would be drawn to several things. First to the center uh, of of the cross on which Jesus died. And then as you would look at the crowd gathered around the foot of that cross, you would be amazed by the various facial expressions and the actions of the people involved in that awful crime of crucifying the Son of God. And then finally your eyes would drift to the edge of the painting and catch a glimpse of another figure almost hidden in the shadows. And all art critics say that this is a representation of Rembrandt himself, that he painted himself into that picture of the three crosses to remind himself that he was responsible for nailing Jesus to the cross because of his sins. All of us could be substituted in that painting, couldn't we? Because we've all sinned. But remember today that Jesus in his passion died on the cross of Calvary in the crucifixion. So that as you believe in him, you trust in him, you confess your sin and you repent of your sin. You can be made right with God. Your sins can be forgiven. And Christ will be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're invited to partake of the Lord's Supper with us today as we do so in a different manner than we've ever done it before. But it's always the same story, the same passion, the same truth that this is a reminder of the suffering and the sacrifice that Jesus made that we might be made right with God.